listeners, welcome to PwC Nigeria's quarterly energy podcast called Let's Talk Energy, where we discuss energy topics across the globe. My name is Pedro Motomen, partner and Africa oil and gas leader, PwC. I have over 30 years of experience providing professional services to companies in the oil and gas industry. These services have granted me an in-depth understanding of the myriad of issues plaguing Nigeria's energy sector. Our topic today is an interesting one, and it is subsidy removal. Is there a silver lining? The Nigerian government justifies forest subsidies as a means to ensure the affordability of petroleum products for its citizens, especially those in the lower income brackets. Subsidies were also seen as a mechanism to support economic growth, maintain social stability, and stimulate development by reducing the cost of transportation of goods and services. However, over time, forest subsidies became a substantial financial burden on the Nigerian government. Forest subsidies came to an abrupt end on May 29, 2023, when the newly elected President, President Tinubu declared in his inaugural speech that there will be no longer a petroleum subsidy regime as it was not sustainable. Since President Tinubu's subsidy removal, cost of living has inevitably increased across board and inflicted strain on the wider population. Though there were several social schemes to reduce the economic impact of the subsidy removal at federal and state levels of government, most Nigerians do not see this as addressing the larger issues. And the question on everyone's mind is, is there a silver lining somewhere? To discuss these very important issues, I have here with me in the studio, Dr. Gabriel Beche, the founder and group managing director of Rain Oil Limited. Our esteemed guest here has almost three decades of experience working in the oil and gas industry in Nigeria. He founded Rain Oil Limited in 1997 and under his guidance and leadership, the company has grown from very modest beginnings to having operations across all the sectors in the value chain. Dr. Gabriel Beche is also involved in many philanthropic causes through the Gabriel Beche's Foundation in Delta State and the Rain Oil Community Empowerment Program. Ladies and gentlemen, it's my pleasure to welcome Dr. Beche to the studio. Welcome, sir. Thank you very much, Pedro. Okay, so thanks so much for coming. So let's go down to the um, issues um, and, and discuss a few of the questions. subsidy and its impact on the economy, sir. Okay. Um, again, thanks for this. Um, I, I, I heard your argument. You know, Nigeria being one of the major oil producing uh, countries in the world, I understood exactly where government is coming from by over the years making fuel to be affordable by deciding to introduce some form of subsidy in petroleum products. Yes. Uh, but let's be clear here, petroleum product is not the only uh, product in the country that has been subsidized. I mean, we enjoy subsidy on a lot of other uh, aspects of the economy. But true. we've enjoyed subsidy on petroleum products for a very long time, a very long time. I mean, um, like you said, I've been in this industry now for 31 years. Wow. And for exactly those 31 years, we've had subsidy. Mm-hmm. It's been a recurring issue. Yes. But it got to a point where we needed to ask ourselves the very hard questions. Is it, is it still sustainable? Mm-hmm. Can we continue to subsidize petroleum products? Yes. We know too well that as at, at least as at May 2023, Nigeria was spending more than 90% of their income just to service debt. I mean, just to pay the interest Interest. on debt, not to touch the The principal. principal. Yes. Okay. 
On top of that, if you look at, we're spending an average of four to five trillion naira subsidizing one product alone called petrol. Mm-hmm. And that four or five trillion naira is more than what we spend in the whole year on at least three critical parts of the economy, education, health, uh, infrastructure. Wow. So it was no longer sustainable. So for us, subsidy or subsidy removal became an existential issue. We now have to save the country because the country has to survive first before you begin to say that you're giving people subsidy. subsidies. Yeah. So subsidy had to go. Yeah. For the country to survive, subsidy had to go. So I completely agree with Mr. President when he said subsidy is gone. I mean, he didn't say subsidy is gone. Going. <laughs> he didn't say anything. No, he screamed. Yeah. Subsidy is gone. Yes. I tell you, he was trying to, let's save this country first. Now, having saved the country, the truth is a country that has struggled mm-hmm. to pay 30,000 naira as minimum wage. 30,000 naira today can barely buy... 50 liters of fuel. Oh, absolutely. I, I did that this way today. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so, so uh, there is a challenge. Okay. So, uh, what I expected the government to do was to introduce some form of palliatives. Okay. Be, you know, well, not before removing the subsidy because the man removed, Mr. President removed subsidy on his very first day. Yes. But as he was removing the subsidy, he should have announced some kind of palliatives. Okay. Because what has happened is, Nigeria is a country of 200 million people. Yes. Now, you were giving subsidy to everyone. Yes. Both those who needed it and those who who don't need it. Yes. If you look at the entire economy, I mean, I I live in Lagos. I go to work every day. The roads are jammed with a lot of SUVs. I mean, people, these SUVs, some of them... (laughs) I mean, they cost so much money. They do. A lot of these people, it doesn't matter to them whether fuel is 200 naira, which is subsidized, Mm -hmm. or whether fuel is 600 naira, they're still going to drive their car. So they don't need it. Yes. But the lower, the poor, let me say, the poorer people, lower income, people, they need the subsidy. So instead of subsidizing everyone, you need to find a way of ensuring that those who can afford it pay the right price for petrol, and those who can't afford it get some kind of incentive, some kind of support. support. Yeah. Yeah. That is what I expected them to do. Okay. Well, two or three months have gone now, but I can see those engagements are still ongoing, but I want to believe that sooner rather than later, government is going to come up with uh, the measures to kind of alleviate the suffering of those who can not afford the new price of fuel. But in terms of whether uh, we needed to keep the subsidy. No, subsidy had to go because this country could no, no longer, longer we could no longer afford it. That, that's interesting. So, in, in, in essence, the government was actually subsidizing the rich as against subsidizing the poor because the rich were the one driving the SUVs. <laughs> well, they were, government was subsidizing both the rich and, and the poor. poor. Okay. Government was subsidizing those who didn't need the subsidy mm-hmm. yeah. and also subsidizing those who needed, needed the subsidy. subsidy. So, okay. government needed to take away those who don't need the subsidy, okay. let them pay the right price and then channel some of these savings to um, the less indigent members of the society. Fantastic. Thank you so very much. Now, the issue is, is there a civil learning? Is there something 
good that come out of this. So what opportunities do you see or foresee for the downstream sector post-subsidy removal? Are there opportunities? Well, uh, to start with, let's even look at the let's even look at the the whole economy as a whole. Yes. Um, as of today, government is is saving between four to five hundred billion naira every month. Wow. Having removed subsidy. Wow. So that's what they are saying. So that's money that can go to the states yeah, and federal and the local governments. I, I, I will tell you something. Yes. I will tell you something. Prior to now, at least 10 state governments that I know yes. were unable to pay salaries. Wow. Why were they not able to pay salaries? Yeah. Nigeria sells crude oil. Mm-hmm. That is what, that's the money that comes in that the states go to Abuja at the end of every month to go and share yeah. in the name of federal allocation. Yeah. Now, this crude oil proceeds was not available for sharing because the bulk of that money was being used to, to people, cater people for, for subsidy. subsidy. You're right. So the states were broke. Wow. So when the states go to Abuja at the end of every month, they go back empty-handed. When they go back empty-handed, they are not able to pay salaries. Yes. Now, who are these people who are being owed salaries? The citizens. It's, 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 <laughs> not just the citizens, <laughs> but most of them are people who are still on the minimum wage. So they are poor, yeah. and their salaries are not being paid. Yes. Now, what they didn't understand was that their salaries was not being paid because their salary was being, forgive that word, their salaries was being confiscated <laughs> to subsid- to pay for subsidy. subsidy. Yeah. And a lot of these people were enjoying the subsidy, like I argued, are people who truly don't need the subsidy. Yes. So what has happened now is that now that the subsidy has been removed, yes. and the federal government is saving four to five hundred billion naira every, every month, month yeah. they now have money to share. Each of these states is getting maybe between anything between four to seven billion naira extra income every month. So now they can pay salaries. Okay. Now they can spend money on infrastructure. Yeah. So we're going to see. A lot of infrastructural development. We, we should see, or we, we are going to see. No, we, no, no, no. We, 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 we shall see. Okay. We shall see. You are positive. No, no, no. I'm very, very positive. Okay. I'm very, very positive. I'm okay. very positive because the money is now there to come into the system. Yes. And once the money, I mean, you can't spend money on infrastructure yeah. if you don't have it. That's true. So one good thing about subsidy removal yes. is that we're going to see you know, redistribution okay. of the money, going into infrastructure, going into wealth, going into education. So I'm very, very positive. Okay. I mean, from, from an economy point of view, I'm very positive that the subsidy removal is good for the country, it's good for the economy. But coming into downstream, you yes. see, we've not had, there's been a lot of lethargy yeah. in investing in downstream okay. because petroleum product was not appropriately priced. It was subsidized yes. and it was being run largely by NNPC. That's true. So people were really hesitant about investing in refinery, investing in a lot of infrastructure because you're not free to price your goods appropriately. I mean, just look at any other sector of the economy. If you're in manufacturing, you're making beverages. I mean, you buy your materials, yeah. you price your goods. Yeah. If the customers want to pay, they, they pay. pay. If they don't want to pay, they leave it. I That's mean, true. 
prices were determined 100% by market forces. Yeah, willing buyer, willing seller. They're not sold for petroleum products. That's true. So now that subsidy has been removed, we now have what we call a true free market in downstream. So we're going to see a lot of investment coming to downstream. We're going to see a lot of investment. At least we're going to see investment in refinery. We're going to see investment in gas stations. I mean, there's a lot of money now going into gas because people are looking for alternative sources of energy. That's true. So you, I mean, uh, good thing, you're an oil and gas person. Yes. You hear a lot of people now talk about gas, yes. about, how, about CNG, LNG, 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 LPG. LPG. Yes. I mean, there's so much money pouring into all that yes. all because of the removal of uh, subsidy. There are challenges okay. in you. Yeah. I mean, we can't, we can't you know, talk about the challenges okay. because since subsidy was removed, we've seen demand Nationwide, demand has dropped by anything between 30 to 35 percent. Demand for PMS. Demand for PMS, okay. yes. In the south, in the south, demand has gone down by about 28 percent. In the north, we've seen drop in demand by about 50 percent. Wow. Yes, because, you know, um, let me try to clarify <laughs> this. Government removed subsidy, but they also deregulated. Okay. What people didn't know is that there were two levels of subsidy. There was subsidy on pricing of petroleum products. Yeah. There was also subsidy on distribution because there was what we call petroleum equalization fund yes. that ensured that the price of petroleum product was uniform Acro across the country. Yeah. So you buy petrol for 200 naira in Lagos, you buy it for 200 naira in Abuja, you buy it for 200 naira in Sokoto mm -hmm. because government was paying for the cost of transporting that petroleum product across the country. But, but, now, but now that they've removed subsidy, yeah. they've also scrapped petroleum equalization. Well. So now, transportation is now embedded in the price of petroleum products. So what you now obtain is that petrol gets more expensive as you go further away from the source. So if you come to Lagos today, maybe you get petrol for 580 naira. If you yeah. go to Abuja, maybe you get it for 617 naira. Wow. If you go to Maiduguri, maybe you get it for 630 naira. If wow. you go to Maiduguri, maybe it's going for 650 naira. Okay. Because the cost of transportation is now embedded into the cost price. There's no longer subsidy there. So because of that, um, marketers have seen a very material drop in demand, a very material drop in sales. So, of course, as businesses, everybody is scrambling for alternative sources of additional income to keep the companies going. But by and large, that's a very small price to pay for the overall benefit which we believe removal of subsidy has brought on the economy and on so, the So, I'm happy to hear that. So, for you, you see a prospect both as a, as a player in the industry and even for the overall economy, because imagine, for example, more people are coming and investing, there'll be employment. Of course, of okay. course. And even for the state governments, that like we said earlier on, they now have more money to spend on their on their developing their communities. Yeah, definitely. Fantastic. Thanks so much. So you, you kind of mentioned some more titles available to, um, instead of using PMS. So can you please expatiate a bit more about this and what are your friends and your colleagues in the industry doing about that? Okay. Um... You know, let me let me take it from a disruption point of view. Um, if I go back 2011, 12, 13, the bread and butter of the downstream oil and gas industry was a product called DPK, dual purpose kerosene. Yeah. By 2015, 2016, we saw the demand for kerosene go down 
and the demand for LPG going up, liquefied petroleum gas. Okay. So everybody started moving into LPG, liquefied petroleum gas. Yes. Now with the subsidy removal, as we now see the demand for petrol go down, mm -hmm. now the the investment in downstream is now moving into same liquefied petroleum gas, but most importantly, CNG, which is compressed natural gas. Yeah. Because people have now realized that they can actually run their cars on CNG. Okay. Because CNG is cheaper than petrol. Okay. Because petrol was subsidized before, we're paying less than the market price. So it was cheap, it was affordable. But now at five, six hundred naira per liter for petrol, it's cheaper to go into CNG. So there's a lot of money pouring into CNG. Okay. But what has happened is it will take a little bit of time to build what I call the critical infrastructure to support CNG. And I will give you an example. Okay. If you're going from here to, um, let me say you're going to Abuja by road yes. from Lagos. Yes. You know too well that your full tank from Lagos will not get you to Abuja. Yeah. But when you fill your tank in, in Lagos, Lagos yeah. you have no concerns whatsoever yeah. that you will have enough fuel to go to Abuja because you know that when you get to Ibadan, you can fill your tank. Yeah. If you go get to Lokoja, you fill your tank. You fill your tank. <laughs> you, I mean, it's not an anxiety issue for you. That's true. But for CNG, because the investment is just coming in, if you have a place in Lagos to fill your tank, mm -hmm. how sure are you when you get to Ibadan? You get to Ibadan, Lokoja. You can get a place to fill your tank. Yes. If you get to Lokoja, you can get a place. So there, there has to be a lot of investment okay. to be able to create that critical mass even within the city yes. if you have a place in VI for example and you can fill your tank with CNG yes. and you're going to Ikeja you're going to Yanikpaja yes. how sure are you that if you get to Yanikpaja and your gas is low you can get a place to fill your tank. So mm -hmm. there has to be a lot of investment, which will take a bit, a little bit of time, which is why I am happy that both NMPC and Mr. President yes. are also throwing their weight behind it. And then there's also the challenge of conversion costs, yeah. or what I call switching costs. Yeah. Because if you have a car that currently runs on petrol, yeah. And you want to convert it to CNG. run on CNG, yeah. it's going to cost you about anything between two fifty thousand to three hundred thousand. Yeah. Now again, for some people, that's big that's, money. That's not an issue. Yeah, but some is big but money. For a lot of people, yes. that's big money. Yes. So that's switching cost. Yes. Government needs to find a way of helping people with that switching cost. Yeah. To encourage them to switch their cars to be able to run on CNG, to be able to run on LPG to so that people can begin to move into alternative energy. Yeah. Now, the good thing here is that everybody says that Nigeria is an oil-producing country. Yeah. What they fail to realize is that we actually have far more gas than oil. Than oil. Yes. But because oil has been giving us cheap money, we flare the gas. Yeah. We just light it up and <laughs> and burn it. Yes. Now, the removal of subsidy is now forcing people to think. So there's a lot of investment now going into how do we collect this gas? How do we process it so that we can get LPG out of it? We can get CNG out of it. Is there? It's practically free. Yes. But a lot of investment needs to go into 
collecting the gas, processing the gas, transporting the gas, storing the gas. Then a lot of investment need to go into building the infrastructure across the country to ensure that we have the critical mass to support um, the conversion. Yeah. And then some kind of support need to go into helping the less affluent members of the society again the critical mass to, to be able to switch their cars from pms to cng as the case may be but i believe you see the good thing here is that we're on the right path okay we're on the right path okay it's going to take a bit of time it may be one year it may be two years mm. but it, sooner rather than later each and every one of us is going to look back and say, wow, I think we've made the right, the right decision. decision. Okay, I'm happy to hear that. I mean, just as an aside, you don't think electric vehicles is a solution at the moment? Well, um, again, going into uh, electric vehicles. Mm. You know, I travel to the U.S. a lot. Yes. If I go back seven, eight years ago, yes. when I'm in the U.S., and I, I mean, I just observe my environment. I could, I could maybe once in a while just see a Tesla car pass. Yes. Once in a while. But now, it's like one out of every four vehicles that passes, either a Tesla car or an electric vehicle car. Yes. I, I went into a, I was in the U.S. Um, by a month ago. I went into a Mercedes-Benz dealership. Yes. And I saw beautiful EV vehicles. Yes. Mercedes. Beautiful, yeah. well-designed, all electric. Now, the world is moving electric. Yes. Uh, you go to, I was, in, I was in Paris not too long ago. On the streets, you see cars just Part and power bags just part connected to the charging port. Yes. Okay. We are we are part of the same world ecosystem. Yes. So at some point it will catch up with us. But again, we still grapple with electricity here. So we should stay with gas for now. Yes, we still <laughs> grapple with electricity. Yes. It brings me back to this same thing. Yes. I, if I bring in a Tesla car into this country, yes. I charge it in Lagos yes. and I drive to Ibadan. Yes. How am I sure that when I get to Ibadan, I can get a point to charge it and come back? So electric cars will get to this country, mm. but for it to come, we need to begin to invest in the support infrastructure across the nation to, to now make people bring in the cars and run them. It's going to be cheaper, it's going to be cleaner, but I think it's still... Um, okay, I, I, I think I will agree. With, let's stay with the gas. Let's use our gas for now. Yeah. Then in the future, we'll talk about electric. Yeah. Okay, so, so one more question for you, sir. So considering the upward trend of the PMS prices since the removal of subsidy, mm -hmm. do you see a future uh, that the price will come down or what should we do as a country to bring the prices down? Okay, uh, there are some things within our control, there are, but there are a lot of things outside our control. There, there are two critical uh, factors that affect the price of petrol. Yes. Or petroleum products, I say. One is the price of crude oil. Yeah. The second is the exchange rate yes. of the Naira to the dollar. Two things have happened since government removed subsidy. Yes. The price of crude have gone up. We've seen crude trend up from $70 a barrel to $85, $87 a barrel. Yeah. We've also seen the exchange rate slide from, well, the official rate for 60. of 450 yes. 460 yes. to 903 naira to the dollar as of this morning. Wow. So we've seen officially like a 100% uh, devaluation of the naira yeah. within the last two, three months. And then the price of crude have gone up. Now, these two factors, mm. 
will continue to impact the price of petroleum products. Now, the price of crude does not swing widely, except something happens in the world, like Russia invading Ukraine. Yeah. Otherwise, we see reasonable stability on the price of crude. What has been swinging widely in the last two months is the exchange rate. Yeah. So if we want to see stability in the price of petroleum products or petrol, for example, we need to first and foremost ensure that the dollar gets stable. Okay. If the, if the exchange rate like to the dollar, dollar yes, gets stable, stable, yes. If that gets stable and we can hold that as a constant, yeah. then we can say, okay, if the price of crude comes down, then the price of petrol can come down. Yes. But if the price of crude does not come down, then the price of petrol can reasonably stay stable. But I will tell you this, mm -hmm. even though this is not worth we want to hear. Mm -hmm. As of today, with dollar at about nine, with 900 naira to the dollar, with flat ga uh, gasoline, which is petrol trading for about now around $47 per ton, as of this morning, petrol at 600 naira per liter mm. is still priced below market. Wow. Yeah. Petrol today should be, uh, petrol ideally should be trending at about 700 naira uh, per liter right now, basis where the exchange rate is. Yeah. So it's, it's it, because that's what the regulation is all about. about yes, I know. <laughs> that's what the regulation is all about. It's a moving target. Uh, so um, I'm not very optimistic that prices are going to come down anytime soon, except we see a massive drop in the, in, in the exchange rate. In the, in the, well, in the in the price of in the price of uh, crude oil. Okay. And then we see a massive improvement in exchange rate. But again, let me not bust anybody's bubble. Mm. The Dangote refinery okay. or local refining capacity will not change much. It will not change the price of petrol much because again, the local refinery is going to buy the crude. Okay. They are going to pay for the crude. What well, even if they are going to pay for the crude in local currency? Yeah. They are, the, the crude is still going to be priced in dollar, then converted to local currency at the prevailing exchange rate. Thankfully, exchange rate has been met, so there's no subsidy on dollar. So it's not like okay, he's going to pay on the official exchange rate of 450. No, I mean exchange rates have been met. So on a naira per liter basis, I don't think local refining is going to dramatically change the price of petrol. Well, maybe freight cost and coal, there's going to be a bit of salutary effect on the price because yes. freight will not be like it used to be. Yeah, it's not going to be any dramatically different. Okay, I'm not sure if that is a good news. We would like to hear that. Oh, I'm going to coming up, and with this refinery coming up, the thing will drop. But, but thank you for giving us the portrait and honest answers. We thank you for your time. Just before we wrap it up, do you have any final remarks on, on the topic we've been talking about and any final words? Well, I know too well that the removal of fuel subsidy has been quite challenging for the nation. Yeah. Uh, all I would just say is we just need to be a bit patient. Um, it's going to be some trying period, but the good thing is each and every one of us must come to terms with the fact that we're on the right trajectory. If we are able to go through this challenges, these, these problems, this is, is painful, but I believe that there is silver lining at the end of the tunnel. Nigeria is going to turn around, the economy is going to turn around, and each and every one of us will be better off and richer for it. 
thank you so much. I, I do share in your optimism and positivity. Uh, we look forward to seeing you again. It's been a nice discussion today, and uh, we hope to see you in future. Thank you so much. Have a thank wonderful you. day. Thank you.